folks, and welcome in to the Orange and Brown Report podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller. I hope you are doing well on this Friday morning as we come to bring you an opportunity to just talk through, listen through what it looks like to look at a three-round mock draft using three different simulators. So stealing a little bit from my boy Stephen Thomas on the site, Brown's Daily Mock, uh, and some of the things that he does, but just kind of want to talk through it. I think those are, I think the process is more interesting when you talk through uh, and just kind of work through where you are. So that is what we're going to do this morning. Hopefully just give you something interesting to think about. But first I do want to talk a little bit about mock draft simulators. So here's the reality. I, I love mock draft simulators. I've, we've used them since FanSpeak was the first one that we knew of. Uh, it, it just, they are things that I find so much interest in. I enjoy them. You know, you can go across the board with me and the, there's nothing that I dislike about them from an enjoyment perspective. I do want to be clear that they do kind of set fans up and media up in, in ways because it's, well, I've seen that guy. He, he's mocked here and there. It's the same thing with, at some level, with other mock drafts, just general mock drafts that are written by experts, is is this idea that, uh, well, they that's more of a fourth-round person or a third-round person or a this or a that. Um, generally speaking, now a lot of guys, a lot of people put out regular, you know, three, four, five, and seven-round mock drafts. And so uh, Simulators has, has really opened up the window to a lot of, uh, players, a lot of names for people, which I think is great. I think there's there's a lot of benefit to that, um, but I think the negative is, is it's it sets up uh, people to expect certain things, um, even if they do a variety of simulators or they they check out everything that Stephen does on our site, it really can set people up to believe that these simulators, uh, the information they give is the information that is, right? And so that's one part of it. It, it kind of sets you up to expect certain players to go in certain areas just based on uh, what you see on a simulator, uh, what you expect. The other part is, especially when you're running a simulator, is it's all the same board, and you get to see the board. So if I'm drafting 59th, I can look at the board and go, well, I really want that guy but he's ranked 93rd. So most likely he'll be available when I draft 89. Not totally sure, but most likely he'll be available when I draft uh, at 89. So at 59, I'll get this guy because I know, or I'm pretty sure that guy is going to be available for me when I draft at 89, or I can move up. I can do a little bit of this. I can do a little bit of that. That's just not how it works in the NFL, right? If you really, really want a guy, then you have to take him. You have to take him when you have an opportunity to take him or you highly risk that somebody else just has him rated um, where you have him rated, right? So again, you have 59th pick, you have this guy rated 52nd and, but you, you know, you're, you don't know that the other people don't have him rated at 52nd. You don't know other people don't have him rated 40th, you know, but they haven't have a pick in a little while. You don't know all of those things, so you have to be a little bit more aggressive if you want somebody, or a little little more dangerous, a little more risky if you don't. But that's not true with simulators. With simulators, yes, there's still a level of risk, but you can see the board that every 
team, quote unquote, is using. And so you can look and go, well, you know, uh, 50, or I'm sorry, 80, 90, uh, Hafanga, the safety out of USC that Stephen and I and our boy Mike Krupka love, he is rated 89th on the Pro Football Network mock draft. So there's a good chance I could get him with the 89th pick. Not a not a certainty, but there's a good chance. Nico Collins is is rated number 91, and so there's a chance that I can get him at 89 or 91. So I can try to get more talent at 59, even though maybe both of those guys deserve to be picked to the 59th pick. So it's not a bad thing, but there is a setup. It, it, it is a setup for you and I to start to believe, well, that guy's rated here so I can get him later, this, that, or the other. So let's walk through. So what I've done with uh, these three mock drafts. So today I'm using Pro Football Network, the mock draft, or the Sorry, the draft network guys and gals, and then the pro football focus mock draft simulators. What I've done for each of them real quickly before we started was uh, ran them through 13 picks. And so I just want to talk about where Jared is and where I think the Browns are. I think the Browns are willing to move up. I think the Browns are willing to move up at a decent level, but I think that will there are only very few players that the Browns would be willing and able to move up for. And I think that probably starts around 13, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that range. And so at 13, just looking at the board, the guys that I would want to move up for, Kyle Pitts, tight end, offensive weapon out of Florida, Jalen Waddle, speedster out of Alabama, Jamar Chase, uh, all-around great uh, wide receiver out of LSU, uh, J.C. Horn, uh, and even maybe Devontae Smith, uh, Pro Football Network, all of those guys are off the board. For the Draft Network, um, again, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell uh, are all off the board here at 13. Uh, J.C. Horn is not for them. And then Pro Football Focus, uh, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, J.C. Horn, Jamar Chase. They have Christian Barmore off the board pretty quickly. He's a guy that I have a lot of interest in. Uh, Caleb Farley and then Jalen Waddle. So here's the deal. If a trade gets offered, I may talk about it, but I'm going to hit start on all of these, let them run down to 26. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what's available there for the Browns with the 26th overall pick, which again, you know, Browns fans, we're not used to the team drafting that low unless it's like their second pick or they traded down 14 times. Not really. Sometimes it's just one big old trade down. Uh, so we're not used to really what that looks like for the Browns. Let's find out. All right. When we get down to the picks in two out of the three uh, simulators, they just offer you trades. So Pro Football Network has the Cincinnati Bengals offering the Cleveland Browns the 38th pick and the 69th pick. So again, 38 and 69. The Draft Network has the New York Giants offering 42 and 76. So based on those two trades, obviously, if you're going to accept one, it's going to be the Bengals trade of 38 and 69 over 42 and 76 for New York Giants. And then PFF doesn't have uh, specific trades, but they have two teams that are interested in trading down with the Browns or trading up with the Browns. That's the Green Bay Packers and the Cincinnati Bengals. At this point, I am not going to be taking any of these trades because I'm not adding to what I'm trying to do here in the uh, 
in the podcast, in the simulators, all of that kind of stuff. I think they're interesting. I think the reality of a trade down is it's adding more picks. Absolutely. And the Browns can use more picks, right? So I've written an article on the OBR about, you know, where their roster limits are, how many spaces are available, all of that kind of stuff. And I still think there is space available. I still think there are players available uh, that the Browns could use a trade down. So adding 69 to drop down 12 spots isn't a terrible thing uh, in the Bengals situation. Dropping down 16 spots in the Giants situation is probably not realistic. And one of the things to realize, for most teams, most teams, they have kind of pockets of players. So they might have two or three top guys. They might have five or six people after that. They're kind of uh, their grades kind of give them into these kind of groupings. And so, um, you know, there are times where at 26, the Browns might have a grouping of players uh, that are, you know, ranked kind of all together, but there might be 15 of them. There might be 12 of them. There might be 10 of them. Well, if there's 10 of them and they see them all very similar, uh, whether they're similar positions or just similar values, whatever it is, well, dropping down six, eight spots when you when you when you have ten guys or twelve guys that are graded similarly makes a lot of sense, but dropping down sixteen doesn't always make a lot of sense. So we're going to decline all of those trades um, just for the purposes that we're looking at. So let's start off here with the Pro Football Network and see who's available. Uh, so just looking at their top of their board, here are the few guys that are available that would also fit uh, possibly the Browns. So they have Christian Barmore. Uh, they have Joseph Asai out of Texas, the edge rusher, Zavon Collins, the line, the massive linebacker out of Tulsa, Greg Newsom, cornerback, uh, Jason Owe, uh, the Penn State edge, uh, and then players like Kadarius Toney, Afidi Melifunu, uh, out of uh, the cornerback out of Syracuse, whose brother Obi was drafted a couple years ago. Uh, Jalen Phillips, they have a little bit lower than most people do. If we just focus on the defense just a little bit real quickly, they're pretty low on Asante Samuel Jr. I am not. Uh, so he would be an option here. Ronnie Perkins is an option here. Um, again, this is where these grades kind of mess with you a little bit. So Ronnie Perkins is their 47th overall player available. Well, okay, well, maybe I can get him later. You know, those. But the reality is, is he could be a first-round pick and may have that value for the Browns. So, um, you know, it's really interesting. And then going back over to the draft network, Aziz Ojolari, Quiddy Pay, um, Oa out of Penn State, Caleb Farley falling because of injury issues, Christian Barmore, um, there's, you know, Jamin Davis, the linebacker who is rising quickly up boards is available so there are a lot of a lot of defensive players available there uh and then over here to the pro football focus we're looking at greg newsome aziz ojalari terrence marshall jr the wide receiver out of lsu is is still available which is kind of surprising here gregory rosso um you know there's some so there are some players available uh, at these positions as well uh so we're looking at asante samuel here uh, so a lot of players available. So let's just kind of run through and, and make our selections based on who they have available. So looking at uh, the Pro Football Network mock draft, listen, if there is an edge rusher uh, on, that is far above 
Christian Barmore. I'm taking that edge rusher because uh, I value that. But I think Christian Barmore has a lot of upside, a lot of talent, and could be very helpful to the Browns in the short and long term. No matter whether they sign Jadavion Clowney, Melvin Ingram, or any of those guys, I think Barmore is a great pick here at 26. I am taking him in the Pro Football Network and letting that run to our second round pick. Changes here at the Draft Network. So, a Barmore is still available at the Draft Network, but Quiddy Pay is available as a as a what I think is a really good edge rusher, despite the fact he comes from that school up north. And so, this is where things get interesting, right? I love Barmore. <coughs> Excuse me, I love the idea of Barmore and what he could do for the for the Browns. But Quiddy Pay is available for the Draft Network, so we go with Pay. And then, same thing here when we're looking at. Um, for the pro football focus, there are a lot of really good players available. Unfortunately, it does not look like my guy Christian Barmore is available. Uh, neither is Rashad Bateman, somebody who I would take for a variety of reasons, including the fact that I would not want the Baltimore Ravens to draft him. But in this case, they have the New York Jets selecting him with a 23rd pick. Looks like there was a... Uh, the trade with Seattle where they got that pick from them. So he is off the board. So that leaves us a little bit of a more interesting uh, dynamic here, right? So Newsom could be the pick, Ojolari, Terrence Marshall Jr., Asante Samuel Jr., Zayvon Collins, Gregor Rousseau, whose stock is falling after his pro day because we hadn't seen him for a year. Uh, didn't exactly do what we wanted him to do or thought he could do to prove what he, how he got his sacks which is really important. So guess we're going with a different position again, and here we go. We, we are going to draft Asante Samuel Jr. here with a 26 overall pick. So three different players, three different positions uh, drafted here uh, in three different mock drafts. And so that changes everything going into the second and third round. But before we get into those, please let me pause for a word from our sponsors. And again, as always, please support those who support us. Um, that is always something we're going to ask of you. Um, I think that is an important thing to do. So again, the OBR, the OBR.com, all the great stuff that's going up on the site from Jake, from Fred, from Barry, from Cody, from Steven, uh, from Johnny. There's just, you know, a lot of stuff up there. Support 24-7 Sports, support CBS Sports, support the Blue Wire Podcast Network, which includes this podcast, as well as Jake Burns. OBR film room breakdown a lot of great stuff out there so make sure you support all of that so let's talk a little bit we're just gonna for the rest of these uh, we're gonna run through the second and third round uh, for each um, of the simulators so instead of bouncing back and forth too much I want to make sure we stay kind of in our normalcy uh, so that it kind of all flows together makes sense together all of that kind of stuff so uh, with the pro football network already picked Christian Barmore. So we've got this inside defensive tackle who can put a lot of pressure on, can make a lot of havoc, but that means we still are looking for an edge, a corner, a wide receiver, really maybe a linebacker depending on value. So let's first look at who's available at wide receiver, um, you know, and, and players that we're looking at. Unfortunately for, for the Browns and for what I'm looking for, I don't see, at least for the pro football network, I don't see a wide receiver. That's really going to um, draw my fancy here with the 59th overall pick, but I do see a few players, Elijah Molden, 
uh, is a player who I think could be very, very good and a, a good pick here. Uh, Javon Holland is a safety that I love, but I think he can do a lot of different things, especially given what I think Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison can do, coming down as kind of linebackers, those kind of things. Uh, and then obviously, like I talked about at 89, uh, Huffanga is available. But uh, with what we have with Barmore on the inside, we're going to go with Elijah Molden, who's going to be primarily an inside uh, cornerback. But Troy Hill is only here for a couple of years, and you always need more and more players. He can also play a little bit of free safety depending on injuries and those kind of things. So the Browns go with Christian Barmore and Elijah Molden with their first two picks. Two more picks left in this mock draft in the third round for the Browns to continue to fill out. So they've got uh, another inside corner. They've got an inside defensive lineman when a lot of people are looking and want them to draft edge. So outside defensive lineman and outside cornerback value and talent, especially for a good team, is really, really important. You do not want to take a lesser player. You don't want to take a lesser player at a position of need because long-term, that means your team is not as good as it could have been. And so you you figure out the need stuff in free agency. You try to take care of everything there instead of putting all of your eggs in one basket. So we again come back to looking at Wide receiver first. Uh, Nico Collins is here available. Um, He is someone that I know some people don't like. Some people love. He's going to be an interesting player. And then Holland is still available here. But at 89, uh, Hafenga is not available. So, again, that risk that I was talking about. Um, But I will tell you with picks at 89 and 91, it's really looking at who are the two guys that I want and who do I hope that the Minnesota Vikings do not take. And so here I will actually add edge rusher out of Houston, Peyton Turner, edge rusher, Peyton Turner at 89, which leaves us at 91. By the way, been rejecting a few trades here and there that just are not all that valuable or interesting for what we're trying to do. And then with the 91st overall pick, we are going to add Nico Collins. So here with the Pro Football Network uh, draft, we have taken care of Interior defensive line with Christian Barmore. Uh, Interior inside cornerback with Elijah Molden. We've got an edge rusher developmental kind of guy uh, with edge rusher Peyton Turner. And wide receiver, uh, again, a little bit developmental. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, still developmental. But Nico Collins is that developmental guy there at 91 as a wide receiver. Flipping on over, going to continue to decline uh, trade offers. So we are back over to the draft network where Quiddy Pay somehow fell to us at 26. So we knocked him out. That was perfect. And now we're at 59. And again, we get another player falling that we love. And so we have at 59, we will be quickly drafting Asante Samuel Jr. as the corner who people will say can play inside because he's a little bit smaller. He is uh, big enough. He plays big enough uh, that he can play outside as well. And again, most um, really good offenses move their best corner or their best receivers all over the place anyway. So you, you like some versatility. You like the toughness that you get there with Asante Samuel. And so far, the Draft Network has my favorite draft, Quiddy Pay, Asante Samuel Jr. And now we get to the 89th pick. Again, we're looking at kind of the same things, right? We're looking at who's available at what positions that we might be interested in and also who's just available talent-wise, right? So uh, there are some players like uh, Marlon 
Tuapolotu out of USC, who is a, a, a good player, someone who I really like. Um, there's a tight end, Tommy Tremble, out of Notre Dame, who is of interest here uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And then at wide receiver, uh, unfortunately, a lot of players off the board here uh, that would have interested us. So we, we're kind of not going to look at wide receiver. Uh, top player on the board is Tommy Tremble. Uh, Tylan Wallace, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, is not exactly my guy. Uh, so he will not be the guy that I will be selecting at this point. Quincy Roche, the edge out of Miami. Paulson Adebo, uh, the cornerback out of Stanford, could have been a very good pick here if we had not selected Asante Samuel Jr. with the second overall pick. So here, uh, even though it's not a need, it is the best pick available. We will be selecting Tommy Tremble, the tight end out of Notre Dame, with the draft network. And again, going to continue to decline uh, trade offers. And so then we're here. So we've got Quiddy Pay, we've got Asante Samuel Jr. And now we've got a tight end and Tommy Tremble as a developmental and uh, useful guy starting out at his rookie year. And that leaves us with opportunities to uh, look after talent, look after need, um, and try to figure out how to continue to fill this Browns roster out. We could look at another cornerback. We could look at a Debo. Uh, we could look at the interior of the defensive line like I've already talked about. We could look at another edge rusher or a running back here, but it seems to make a lot of sense for the Browns, given their roster and who's available and what we know currently, uh, which is they have not added somebody else, that a six foot one cornerback uh, who has pretty good hips, can do a lot of different things, but is primarily an outside corner uh Give some more versatility. Let's and it can do some things probably on special teams. Um, here at the 91st pick, we are going to continue to add to our defensive back room, uh, drafting Paulson Adebo out of Stanford, cornerback, six foot one. We've now added an outside cornerback in Adebo, a cornerback in Asante Samuel Jr., who can do both. Um, and based on his experience, it's outside. He can do, he can play inside as well. Gives us a lot of versatility, a lot of options along with Troy Hill, especially depending on how uh, greedy Williams uh, comes back healthy. We are just going to continue to add talent and athletes. And then Tommy Tremble, not a need, but he uh, replaces Stephen, Stephen Carlson off of the roster um, and gives the Browns another great option when they go with 12 personnel. So we finally finish up over here on the pro football focus and theirs is interesting right now. So Asante Samuel was the pick at 26, given who was available there. So now it's interesting in one mock simulator, we got him with the 59th pick. In another, we had to take him 26. Didn't have to take him, chose to take him with the 26th overall pick. So now we have a cornerback and we need to look at everything else that is available for the Cleveland Browns. Linebacker Jabril Cox. Uh, out of LSU is here. Elijah Molden, safety cornerback, is available. Peyton Turner, we've already drafted. Marvin Wilson, an interesting interior defense lineman out of Florida State, is there. Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky. So this might end up being my least favorite uh, of all three of the mock drafts, which probably means it's going to be closer to what's reality for the Cleveland Browns, uh, as a lot of the players that I might like are not available on the board right now. And that means given everything and given what we've seen in his uh, how he's played and all kinds of stuff, 
with the 59th overall pick, we are going to draft the guy who just had a great pro day uh, and will surprise some people. But Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, is available here. We are going to put him into the roster and let him learn and grow, play on special teams, be used at times. Jacob Phillips, him, two really athletic players who can play together at times, uh, along with Walker, linebacker, Ranger, give the Browns some flexibility and a player who most likely now is going top 15, top 20, but he's available to us here. So we are taking him to join Asante Samuel Jr. So we have the, the mock draft simulator running. Unfortunately, again, this is what happens. And I think it actually tells me that how I see players is more in line with pro football focus and how they see players than, than it is the other ones. And that's not saying I'm right or wrong. I don't really read uh, specific draft. Um, I don't, you know, I don't look at specific things that PFF puts out about the draft or anything like that to kind of match up my board. It just seems like what I value and what they value seems to be similarly interesting. And so we've got Asante Samuel Jr. We've got Jamin Davis. We have, um, we have not gone to the defensive line. And so we're going to take another really kind of uh, big, big swing here. Milton Williams is a defensive lineman of Louisiana Tech. Many of you have maybe not heard of. We're going with him and seeing what it does for us in the future. He is uh, he has torn things up uh, to the point that he's probably not going to be on the board here at 89. Uh, but there's lots of reasons to be excited about what he can do while also being realistic about he is maybe a boomer buff bust pick here and the 89th overall pick, but someone we're going to take after drafting two guys who I think are, are for sure going to be solid. So high floors with real good ceilings. We're not going to take Milton Williams, who has a very high ceiling, but a, a pretty a low floor uh, at some level as a pretty athletic player who has tested out pretty well with the 89th pick. So we've gone cornerback, we have gone linebacker, and now we've gone defensive lineman. And again, Williams can go play inside, can play outside. He can do a little bit of both. It just depends on how the Browns want to use him. Most people see him as an edge player to start out and see what happens from there. And now we're left with the Browns picking here with the 91st overall pick. And what many people, including myself maybe, are not going to love this draft. Right? This is not, when they see the names of Sante Samuel at 26, Jamin Davis, 59, linebacker, and Milton Williams at 89. It's not exactly going to be what uh, people are going to love. They're not going to be like, oh, this is great. Now, a few will, right? There's going to be a few that, that are a little weird, a little different. I love y'all. That's that's what we're looking for. We like a little different. That's why we're doing this, though, is to see how all of this works because each mock simulator does things differently, has different grades, all kinds of things. That's telling to us that that's more likely what happens in the NFL draft is is weird things, right? Things we don't expect. And that's why these simulators are really important. That's why I wanted to talk through them is to realize how things are going to be different as you look at different simulators, not just the results, but who is even available. So here at the 91st pick of PFF's highest rated players, two safeties, a guard, a cornerback, a wide receiver, Josh Palmer out of Tennessee. Uh, I uh, so I don't know how to pronounce his last name. The UCLA, pretty much an edge rusher. Um, 
is really looking like the best option here. A quarterback out of Stanford Davis Mills. Uh, Kay Johnson is an interesting. He would be another kind of Milton Williams, but he's a wide receiver out of South Dakota State. Uh, a North Texas wide receiver. So they've got some really interesting players here. <clears throat> excuse me, available for the 91st overall pick. Uh, that's, that's makes life more difficult. You know, Demetric Felton, uh, a, a, a running back who can play, um, you can play wide receiver, all kinds of stuff. And then down here we have tight end Tommy Tremble. Again, we're going to take him. I think that's a very good value with the 91st overall pick. Tommy Tremble, tight end out of Notre Dame, will be the only player who's drafted more than once in either of these drafts. Sorry, I lied. Asante Samuel is also there. So we got Asante Samuel at 26. We got Jamin Davis. We've got Milton Williams. And we have got Tommy Tremble. So all three drafts, again, as you're following along, who I ended up with wasn't as important as the goal was to really walk you through kind of what's available, who's available, what does each pick change, you know, when it comes to availability, and assuming that you know who's going to be where is fool's gold, because if we're being honest, really what we would need to do is mix all three mock drafts, uh, simulators together, because, and then multiply that by like 10, because there's, you know, 32 teams, whole lot of stuff going on. And in the end, there may be the perfect drafts available, you know, with Quiddy Pay and Asante Samuel Jr. And boom, 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 everybody we're looking for. And, and at times it could be the best possible option at 26 is Asante Samuel Jr., which is great. Uh, Jamin Davis is not going to be available at 59 unless something happens injury or off the field wise. But then you look at that those kind of drafts. So it's a lot of weird, right? When you're doing mock draft simulators, I wanted to really talk through all three because it's a lot of weird. Everything can be different, even though I would have picked, listen, if I had a pick of all of my first round picks here out of the three, Quiddy Pay would have always been my pick, but he was only available once, right? <clears throat> Asante Samuel probably always would have been my 59th pick, but he was only available there one time uh, because I took him 26th in one of them. So all of those things, they all play together. A lot of variables, a lot of things can happen. There's chaos theory that goes along with all of this. So uh, again, do the same exercise yourself. Have all three open at the same time. Walk through it. Have a feel for what that looks like and then add to the chaos 10 times as many draft boards and all the different decisions that could lead us to, that's not the player we wanted. That's not the player we would have taken. But if you don't do these simulators a lot and you don't do them uh, with multiple simulators, you're left thinking, well, this player should be available. Or you look at only certain people's mock drafts and listen, there's chaos, folks. So hopefully you felt that. Uh, hopefully you hopefully just processing was interesting to you. Um, and so as we, we look forward, we'll probably do a little bit of this in different ways, uh, whether that's with Steven talking to Jake or bringing in, uh, some of the different, uh, people in the world of NFL draft stuff that I have met over the years at the combine. We're going to talk through it because the draft is coming up again. Make sure you follow everything along at the OBR on Twitter, Again, it's just at the OBR. Go to theobr.com for all the great stuff that are going up on the site. And we will talk to you soon. As always, take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns.